1: Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Kevin. Today, my guest is Nick Schiattis, a Connecticut man who has a business that makes him a living and helps the planet at the same time. Nick owns and operates Curbside Compost, a resource recovery company in southern Connecticut. Nick and his wife, Erica, are raising their two children in Ridgefield, where the family practices thoughtful living. Nick is here because I personally believe that we are not going to get out of many of the environmental problems we face without the help of business. Welcome, Nick. Hey, Kevin. Thanks for having me online. Uh, absolutely. I'm really interested in hear what you have to say. So, Nick, why don't you lay out the problem for us as you see it? What What's the problem with the food waste we have here in the United States and even worldwide?
0: Uh, food scraps represent 22% of the trash stream here, at least here in Connecticut. It's a uh, you know, an issue across the country and across the world i mean in various places and locations they have implemented uh food scrap composting or or, or additional composting for the for the food material or the organic organic food scraps uh but here in the u.s um you know given our kind of advanced ways of handling waste we really should be in position to remove it from the trash so it's not being sent to landfills where uh, it can create methane and or, you know, sent for, um, sent to waste to energy plants uh, where it's essentially being burned. So it's really a resource that can be recovered. And so that's kind of what we're, what, what we'd like to see happen.
1: Yeah, I've seen some projects around the United States where the the, when people uh, municipalities put in place a food scrap collection program and then turn it into compost, they actually can pay for all the rest of the garbage collection. You familiar with that?
0: Yeah, I mean, there are so many. There's a lot of different programs because waste is, is really, I guess, managed more on a state on a statewide basis. So there's so many different programs in place. I mean, I think the important thing is that we have um, a process in place and, and it, I do think it should be driven, you know, by the state because it's like, you know, the state has to kind of manage how we handle our wastes, the whole system recycling. Some people are like, oh, they don't want like more rules and and laws and stuff, but, but waste is really something that has to be structured and managed essentially, um, you know, from the, from the top down and, and for us, it's, it's really kind of at the state level. Um, I guess that, you know, it can happen at the towns too uh, in, in terms of setting certain rules up. Yeah, and, and different states will handle, will handle their waste differently.
1: So how would you, how do you think it should be handled? Let's put it that way. Do you think that there should be uh, some laws passed that there'll be an extra bin that is for the organic matter waste that is is accumulated by people and then that gets picked up and sent to a centralized composting place? Is that what you're thinking?
0: I think that the that the implementation will really kind of depend on the location. Like I guess here in Connecticut, it's you know, I, I guess I put it as a kind of a relatively small state. Um, I would say that just to, just to really mandate it as a recyclable item, right, like glass and plastic and, and even grass clippings, we don't send those to disposal, mandate it as a recyclable item. And, um, and then in terms of the implementation, that all like, kind of depends. Now, in like, a lot of areas, I, again, I recommend people to home compost. I really am a, a large supporter of home composting because then you, know, you don't have to truck the material. We don't have to pick it up we don't, you know, you don't have to do any of that. So, and there's a lot of different ways to home compost. I guess the answer to that is there's, there'll be different systems. We'll also have like drop-offs, like people can leverage the transfer stations. All the transfer stations across the state should have drop-offs so that to, you know, to promote it. And then in like the most urban parts in the, in the cities, the bigger cities in the state, they can kind of have, you know, like more of like a residential co- collection. Don't forget, Food scraps are being generated at all different levels, so it can be you know households and stuff, but we're also seeing it at institutions and restaurants and and you know hospitals and and within the healthcare system and and schools and universities. So it, this does, inf- does th- that's kind of the tricky part about all this. I mean, it's going to impact you know a, a few million people um, for sure, but it it doesn't mean that it shouldn't we shouldn't at least start with you know putting it in there stopping sending it for disposal and then and recovering the material because that's the point to recover the food scraps putting it through the trash disposal system is not the answer it's a nutrient-rich item that can be used to improve our soil and so that we can go ahead and and kind of in, improve our soils here in Connecticut
1: yeah well yeah and not only that you're removing what happens within the the end it turns into methane and that's one of the leading causes for global warming and that would be advantageous to stop that don't you think
0: yeah i mean it's 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 like the twofold improvement i mean you're first of all you're you're processing the the food scraps in the proper way um so yeah you're not If you're landfilling, it's breaking down without oxygen. And when you're breaking it down without oxygen, it's going to release methane. And sure, there might be like a capture on the landfill, but it's like, why do we even need, we don't need to go down that route. And also the same thing when we send to waste of energy, it's, you know, the food scraps is 75% water. It doesn't burn well. It's going to be, it's going to be reduced. There will be emissions. And then you also have the landfill ash. And again, you don't have to do any of that. <laughs> All we need, what we got to do, is just take it out of that stream, mix it with, and then actually you can, and you can process it a couple different ways. You can send it to like a digester, and they can they can produce biogas. The biogas can then be used for electricity, or even upgraded to vehicle grade natural renewable natural gas if you want to go that route. And then you also have the digestate, which can be composted, or you can go with the straight composting model, which is a beautiful model too and you're essentially adding in a carbon source um, you know wood chip a leaf and build build the soil build living soil and then again you're building something that's going on the earth going on the on the ground and it's helping the plants grow and it's improving improving the soil reducing erosion and then people are even saying when you're like you're laying that stuff on the earth the plants are just growing better and better they're pulling more carbon dioxide out of the air Sequestering carbon down in the earth so i mean it's just pretty it's pretty uh it's pretty obvious yeah, I mean, the, tricky, the, the tricky part is getting the people to do it and that's why it's like when we have a few million people here it's got to be it's got to come from a little bit from the top down again was saying like i'm not crazy about increasing more rules and stuff but it's like we don't have rules around our, how we manage our waste that's like we're, we really do need to have rules around how we manage. Our, we can't just throw the trash like out in the street, like, you know what I mean? And, or on or, and all the other things like the batteries and hazardous stuff. So it's like that that stuff really needs to come from the state.
1: Yeah. And we've seen recently uh, uh, in the news headlines, the, the, the fact that the Ukraine war has caused a fertilizer problem. And we have all this fertilizer, potential fertilizer we're just throwing away it's kind of wild so if we turn it around we can the farmers will be glad to get this stuff yeah yeah it's a great it's a great It's a natural
0: fertilizer it's it's not you know it's not based on you know chemical fertilizers um and you know yeah i mean it's just we can we can grow like really good living soil right here in connecticut
1: Nothing like good Lomis compost. So we're talking to Nick Skiatis. He owns and operates Curbside Compost, a resource recovery company here in New York. He also, I believe, operates in New York. We'll talk about that. And Nick, tell me, how did you come to the conclusion that you could offer a composting service and, and make it a business opportunity? I don't know. <laughs>
0: That's a good question. <laughs> um, I, I just felt like it was a need, really. And I think it really continues to be a need. I felt like the area, it really needed the infrastructure. And that's what it was kind of about. Like, as I was saying, I, I prefer people like, you know, home compost and there's so many different ways to do it, but they're going to be like institutions and other places and, and even homes and stuff where they're not, they're not going to want to do it. I just felt like we had, to, it was time to build the infrastructure um, to, to really get the material transported first, getting people kind of to think about it. And there's so many, there's so many positive benefits. I mean, the the nice thing about actually, you know, composting is that you also are like thinking about the food you're purchasing, like, what are you buying and, and, you know, what kind of, what kind of steps are you taking to, you know, on an environmental standpoint, it's like a small thing that you can do that kind of let you think a little bit more about, about how you kind of do everything, I guess.
1: Mm -hmm. So tell us how curbside compost works.
0: Uh, well this is a service that is for all you know basically all types of generators we started actually with the like the residential folks but then we started working more with schools and drop off locations and institutions and all types of generators all grocery stores too because grocery stores have a fair amount of material and they really should be composting anyway yeah it's really pretty straightforward we provide the containers so we have like smaller size containers for houses that start with like five gallon containers and they go all the way up to 32 and 64 gallon containers provide the containers and it's almost like a it's pretty much like a waste hauling service but we just specialize in in food scraps and you just have to be willing to separate just put it in just put it into a different container basically and then and then we we pick it up Uh, we pick up the the food scraps and then we also do soil deliveries which is nice also so especially now in season people want compost we sell it by the bag and by the yard as well as we also do a fair amount of mulch deliveries and in uh, garden soil as well because people might be setting up you know like a raised bed or something and they want they want to bring in some soil but as you you know as you probably know it's not a the compost is not a standalone growing medium Um, so right we add it to the the soil as a conditioner to
1: improve the soil very good so it's a bit altruistic on the customers kind of uh, part right I mean they're they're giving you their organic material you're charging them to take it away and then you also charge customers to get finished compost what's the cost of something like this yeah. I mean, it's totally
0: is altruistic for these. I mean, our customers are great and they're, they're pretty wonderful. I mean, the one thing I would say is we are offering service like services, like real services, like waste, it's a waste removal service. Yeah. I mean, I guess they could put their food scraps now, like in the trash, but, you know, for, you know, I guess a, at least on like for a nominal amount and it's getting like even more competitive in terms of pricing, you know, they can have it actually, you know, recycled and, and the proper thing is is done is done with it. Also, even on the, like the soil deliveries, I mean, you could go and call, you know, another place that, what, and, and if you want, like to bring soil amendment or compost or mulch, I mean, you're always essentially paying for that. You know, they have to produce the material and it has to be transported as well. So we just kind of married the two businesses together, like a waste removal company married to like a soil delivery company. And, you know, that's, that's kind of how we, how we did it.
1: And I was reading, reading on the website, it's about a dollar a day you're talking about for people to, to participate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it can be even less than a dollar a day uh, for the residential on the residential side, the residential side. Yeah. We we do it for almost like, it's basically like $7 a week. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much right on about seven bucks a week to do it on the residential side. Then the commercial side is customized based on the amount of material, uh, and the frequency of collection and and stuff like that.
1: Mm-hmm. So you're finding people embracing it. They they like the idea and they're they're signing up.
0: I don't know. I like the, I really like the idea. People are are definitely signing up. But it's one thing to like get the people who are like into it and they are they understand it and they're like okay yeah for like a dollar a day they they'll, they'll do the service. But we have to also. We also have to get like the rest of the population. I mean, and it's actually still incremental. I mean, incrementally, it's good. It's great. I mean, we're getting more of the stuff, the less stuff that we have to send to disposal that'll put, you know, more strain on, you know, our our trash systems, the better. Uh, But I think that over time, um, you know, it's, as I was kind of saying earlier, it's like, if, it's, if you make it optional forever, and, and I think it'll always be like recycling. Yeah, I mean, it's the law, but I, mean, I don't really know how many tickets they write in any given year uh, for people who don't recycle. But I, I do still think that if you want, it just depends on what, what kind of adoption the state wants to get out of it. Uh, yeah, I think we'll have like always the, the, some people who are gonna do the right thing, but I guess, yeah, it, it depends on how, what kind of a, adoption we want here.
1: And ultimately, you also recommend everybody just compost at home. That's what I do. I compost yeah. and I vermicompost in my house, which I love it because I just went in after the winter and boy, do I have some nice loamy compost in my bins, you know, for my garden this spring.
0: Yeah, I think that even like I've even seen stuff like in Vermont where it's they pass a state law um, and, you know, you're, everyone is supposed to be you know composting their food scraps. It doesn't matter if you know, how big you are or how far you are from a composting site or any of that, it's just statewide. For people who are home composting, and they can't compost like bones, for example, like they just give them a pass. It's like, it's fine. It's like, yeah, okay, your home composting is fine. If you want to throw like, I think if you like want to throw a few bones in the trash, it's like no big deal. That's kind of the way I see it too. It's like, yeah, look, like everyone just make it just and then just have people just kind of,
1: you know, doing it yeah absolutely so let's talk a little bit about the uh what you, you you give them a pail and you give them some compostable bags to get started correct
0: yeah so you get a a five gallon so the households are on a five gallon bucket so we just drop them a bucket we have a, a countertop container as well that we offer it's um it's like a you know it's like a vented countertop container the pails uh Yeah, five-gallon bucket, like a three-gallon vented countertop container and a roll of bio bags, compostable bags, essentially. Put a the compostable bag in your countertop container and you put the material in there. And then you just take that and you just put it in your bucket. And then once a week you put your bucket on your driveway. A lot of a lot of our stops are on, we we go down driveways too. It's totally fine. Um, you don't have to even bring it to you know all the way the end of your driveway. And then we, we take the material and it's, it's like almost like a waste. It's just like a waste removal service. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Great. So uh, the, uh, when I saw you had compostable bags, I said, I wonder if they're using Novamont, you know? And I said, wow, you see, this was serendipitous. I had no idea that uh, Nick's company uh, was using Novomont's bags and our listeners are familiar with that because they're one of our underwriters and so I have a question for you about these compostable bags <laughs> people ask me all the time do they really compost and what's your opinion
0: yeah we have no issue with the bags um, and like put it this way and I guess I can I don't know, just I I used to kind of like try to not do the bags I, I ran the collection for a long time because I've been doing this now like know, six and a half years, um, but I was doing it with no bags for a long time. And it was like, just, it was just like so sloppy, like it was, it's hard, you know, for us, we actually clean a lot of buckets too. We have some cleaning services as well. Like we, we try to, cause when we introduced it, it was you know pretty new to the, to the area. So we, had, we had like a lot of cleaning services and stuff and we're like cleaning people's buckets and doing all that. So we just, you know, just like do whatever we can to get these people on the route. As time's gone on, I really do think the bag is is very much part of the solution, really to take it mainstream as well. It's like because it was nice, like it was like, oh, it's super low waste without using the bag. Like you're just putting the food scraps in a bucket, we take it whatever, and but the cleaning is, you know, was a little bit of an is an issue. And to make it mainstream, like people are just so used to putting their their waste in into a bag. A plastic, um, bag, yeah. a plastic bag. It needs to be in a plastic bag. So to go like to go at scale, and that's what we want. That's what we're trying to do. Is we're trying to take this this model and scale it. To go at scale, we need we you essentially need the bags. And I I like as time goes on, I like want you know there to be support around the bags uh, because the bags keep the the buckets cleaner, keeps the material contained, even for our drivers. Like you know, it just keeps it just keeps everything neater. Whoever cleans the bucket, either the residents, because a lot of residents are cleaning their buckets now, um, and or if we're cleaning the bucket, it doesn't matter who's cleaning the bucket, it just keeps it contained. And to, but to answer your question around the the bags, I mean, yeah, they do compost. They're they're totally fine, and uh, and they should be used uh, because because they're a good resource. But I'm gonna say one last thing. We also do offer. There are kind of lower budget. There is a like a little even like less of a budget. Another option, like we're to use a, like a brown. You can use a brown paper bag as well. But I'll have to say like. The nice way to do it is just with the, you know, with a compostable bag.
1: Yeah. The uh, well, it also probably cuts the way down on the smell too, because that can be a problem, I'm sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of interesting. Like, for starters, like in the smell's not really an issue many of the months of the year. It's, it's amazing. I, I feel like it's been like pretty cold in the last last year or so here uh, in Connecticut. So you're gonna have the only challenges are like really when it's like really hot and super hot around odor and stuff, but there's so many different ways to like mitigate those types of things. And even like, even with the bag that we're using, we're using the bio bag plus of like what is basically a vented countertop container. And there's so many different, yeah, as I said, there's so many different ways to mitigate this type of thing. Even the vented countertop container, it it breathes. I, I kind of got, get that question a little bit. So the water is evaporating out of the countertop container with the reduction of the water and the breathing it it's not going to go essentially like anaerobic so that's like kind of i guess when you're getting like a little bit of that stink right i guess with any kind of composting pile it's because it's not like it's not you it's not getting the air
1: okay um, I get it.
0: yeah i mean and there's a lot and there are other elements like we've even had people like portion like a part of the refrigerator even like august or september you know and and just keep it like keep it a little sec Segmenting like in the freezer we've had people do that and then they just take the material put it in a bucket um you know the night before and then stick it outside and i mean then obviously there's never any
1: smell or so not all all bags are made this i mean some people say biodegradable which means it could biodegrade in about a thousand years or a hundred years where <laughs> compostable bag actually does pretty well taking out the bags early
0: yeah. Yeah. No, these are like, no, it's engineered and it's tested. There's this whole, like, um, the biodegradable product Institute, uh, which they test and then we won't get into it too much, but w- essentially with like, you know, the, with bioplastics, they essentially are testing bioplastics, a third-party tester, um, to make sure that this stuff is going to compost. Uh, because yeah, I mean, you don't want like some, random company and being like, oh yeah, it's like, it, oh yeah, don't worry about it. It's going to compost. And then like, and then, and you're it doesn't. like <laughs> then you're like, what did you just sell me? And then, <laughs> but the, that's the difference. I mean, that, that's also like, you know, you want to kind of work, you know, with like a reputable companies and, and essentially like, yeah, I mean like Novamont. Yeah, it's great. I mean, they, they use a third, they use BPI, which is the third party certification. So they're, they're tested and I'm sure they, and they do their own testing and all that. So, it's really like they actually yeah they do compost no issues
1: so let's talk about what you can put in your collection pail
0: yeah totally um well our collection is any and all food so um if if you can eat it then it can go in into the bucket
1: so fruits Um, vegetables eggshells dairy coffee grounds the the standard stuff and so bones too i see
0: yeah bones any and even any animal animal proteins are totally fine bone yeah even bones oils all that all that is all that's fine we're we'll also take like some some paper napkins but we just don't want any cleaning like no we don't want any chemical cleaning solutions or no cleaning solutions we say like a food soiled napkins food soiled paper towels you know, like when you get into composting, it's pretty amazing. You can actually compost like so, so many things. Right. You can almost compost like it's yeah, it's, it's an amazing kind of solution in itself. We don't, you know, you know, we don't get into like composting all kinds of crazy things, I guess, because we're also sensitive to our our processing facilities uh, and what they what they really want. The, the the real thing is like this all this food material or this food scrap. Like that's that was really the target of the of the whole thing it's like mm-hmm. it, it's wet it's heavy it, and also it's like i also want to think about what's going to like improve the soil too you know some things you're like well i don't know i mean like for example like some of the bioplastics like so but anyway yeah, yeah. and then so well, let's
1: talk about what you don't want in there like uh um, you know twist ties you know what bugs me the most is the little stickers on the avocados <laughs> Those yeah things. i know
0: it's, yeah it's so crazy like all that yeah so we're not like we won't go crazy with the fruit stickers it's like all right fine like we we're kind of at a point where it's like you know we just we kind of deal with it yeah do we want fruit stickers no you know if a fruit sticker gets in there it's kind of the reality uh but yeah no like the real issue is plastic plastics is like the gonna right plastics the big is the big deal it's everywhere, um, everywhere it's right? everywhere and it's and and the fruit stickers are no different it's a plastic and that's why we really want to that's like a whole nother conversation but like we really should be talking about getting rid of those plastic fruit stickers like how hard looks- could it
1: be for like to to uh, manufacture like from Novum I get them to do those things you know it would be a big <laughs> deal i think you know
0: <laughs> i think they're already probably doing it like oh, good. I, like uh, yeah i mean this stuff's already like even the I guess even like, if you do like, um, yeah, compostable stickers, paper, even maybe like a paper sticker or no sticker, or just maybe just like a paper sticker, all this stuff. Again, I I think this is still incrementally improving the situation. Cause the problem is like all those plastic stickers, just the fewer of them you have the, 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 I guess I will say is that they're, they last through the composting process. You'll see that, like you'll, when you talk, when you see the piles, like, they will, like, they'll have the fruit, even <laughs> fruit in your own garden. <laughs> yeah, yeah there, there's fruit stickers in the soil. And it's kind of sad. Because it is, like, it really is. Because you want to, like, especially for us, like, we're, if you want to sell, like, you want to sell product, you want to sell, uh, like, high-end soils. It's like, you don't want fruit stickers in your in your, no, in your, no. in your, expensive soil. And <laughs> so <laughs> that's, t- I don't get into more kind of the legislation side, but that they, we should just, again, Little things like that will improve the world. Like just legislate the little plastic stickers out, like they shouldn't be used in the country. It's got to be kind of, (laughs) yeah. I mean, the twisty ties and stuff. I don't really. I I almost feel like the fruit stickers are all also like a a human hazard. Like, how many times have you like? I don't know about you, but I like bite into an apple and I'm just like almost eat the sticker.
1: Yeah, like I feel
0: like it's a, it's like my own personal hazard, but yeah so those things um yeah i'd like to see them uh phased out yeah so we're
1: running out of time here so let me okay. let me get you to tell us what what do you what you think is really good compost and and if somebody's composting out there what, what what's the one number one rule for good getting good compost
0: i don't know i mean i wouldn't like judge it so much i would just say like look just doing anything is better than doing nothing like there's so especially even with like the home composting and composting so it's like it's almost like a becomes a lifestyle question like it's just like as you as long as you do something like you know you can have like or something there's like a simple something like a simple hole in the, your backyard or you know you could if you're like no I don't want to like do that I'm just gonna have you know I'm gonna have Nick like bring me a bucket like it becomes like a lifestyle thing but yeah I wouldn't even judge it even even like slow it doesn't matter even if you know you're not like super involved, you're not like, you're like the lazy composter, which is still better than like
1: Oh, absolutely!
0: Than putting this stuff in the trash so i mean that's that's kind of that that's my uh recommendation there's some
1: people that dig a trench and throw the organic matter into the trench but then you're asking for some critters to come around maybe to dig it back up but you know that that's another way compost right in your garden you can dig a, a, a long trench and deep enough and then cover it over and you'd be surprised how that stuff disappears i when i plant my tomatoes i throw a A fish carcass in every hole every spring and I'll tell you if we dig up that hole in two weeks the carcass is gone the worms get to it everything gets to it it's it's and I my tomatoes are very happy we're talking to Nick Schiadas. He's of Curbside Compost. And if you'd like more information, you can contact them at info at Info at curbcompost.org. It's a Connecticut company, and you can tell there's a lot of interesting things going on around the compost area. And I'll tell you, folks, nothing like good compost for the garden to grow your tomatoes and eggplants and cucumbers. Uh, so I see that you said that you practice thoughtful living. Maybe we'll talk about that. What do you, What tell everybody what you mean when you practice thoughtful living?
0: Like, I think that we just, you know, we're always like rushing into things and not stopping and really like, under trying to look like, trying to look a little deeper at, at things in general. So it's like, let's try to like stop for a minute, take a break. Kind of just look at things a little bit deeper, and uh, before just like rushing out into like the next the next thing. I guess that's I guess how I would summarize it.
1: Right, and and then also certain practices that you do in your life too, like composting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, of course, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's no end to this stuff. It's just like taking breaks and maybe going for a walk outside, working in your garden, like you know, spending time outside. know just trying to slow down on on so many fronts um and even around the house and with the children too because it's like you know kind of describe yourself and stuff you know i have two children and um you know stopping and spending time with your children and you know just thinking about even prioritizing other aspects of life and like what just maybe making decisions that or and or like you know sacrifices and stuff so that you can you know kind of live live in i guess an authentic
1: way sounds like good advice and i wish we had more people taking that (laughs) attitude we need it it seems in this crazy world right there right now it's like overwhelming so i like that i like that kind of thought so nick skiatis of uh, curbside compost thanks so much for coming on digging in the dirt thank you kevin take care you too bye-bye digging in the dirt digging in the dirt You've been listening
0: to Digging in the Dirt with Kevin Gallagher.